Winter meetings are over. Padres got a shortstop. The Jets have a big game coming up. And Devin Sparks comes on the podcast to talk about so many different things. Uh, let's just get to the podcast because it's a big one. What's up, everybody? It is December 9th, 2022, and this is the newest edition of the Jonesen Podcast. Welcome in. Take a seat. Take a drink. Whatever you're doing, just sit down. Just enjoy yourself. And just let me guide you on your journeys to whatever you're doing at this very exact moment. Um, Man. It's uh, one o'clock on a Friday. Uh, winter meetings are over. Since we last recorded, uh, the judge thing obviously happened. Uh, I did an emergency pod on Wednesday about it. So go ahead and check that out. Um, the only other big signing since then that I can think off the top of my head would be the Xander Bogarts to the Padres. Uh, signed him till he was. 41 i believe so it's an it was an 11 year deal you kind of got the vibe from all the things that were going on that the padres were going to walk away from the winter meetings with a player um they were offering judge 10 years for 400 million uh they offered turner trey turner more than what he ended up getting from the phillies uh turner just wanted to play on the east coast i guess that was a preference of his and uh, i think the judge thing was always kind of uh judges camp kind of manipulating things to get the offer they wanted because uh, you just look at everything that happened he released that time article where he talked about how he wasn't happy about the announcement of the contract at the beginning of the year which i talked about um on one of my earlier podcasts uh, then he showed up at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game on Monday night. A very convenient time to do so because, you know, he's in the middle of all this there, you know, his name is out there. And then he shows up at this football game. He associates with Tom Brady. And by the way, man, Tom Brady is a lot of a bigger guy than you would assume because right next to judge, he looked like the same size. He looked like he was even a little bigger than judge from one of the pictures I saw. And that was pretty crazy to me. Um, but yeah, he did that. He's apparently going to Hawaii for his anniversary with his wife. So he made a stop in San Diego for the winter meetings, apparently to meet with the Padres. Um, yeah, he didn't end up signing there. Obviously he didn't have signed with the giants. Um, yeah. So with the Padres, the Xander Bogarts thing, uh, I had really no idea the Padres were even, thinking about moving Tatis off shortstop. Uh, granted, this could also be an insurance thing for uh, Manny Machado, who can opt out after the season, um, which you hear me talk a little bit about with uh, Devin coming up. 
Um, and then, you know, at that point you can slide Xander over to third or to second. You kind of maneuver the infield around. Uh, Boom and Tatis to the outfield, um, I think is a good move for the team. Uh, apparently he didn't love playing short, uh, playing the outfield, uh, which, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not really worried at this point about alienating him because he's screwed up so royally over the last couple of years. Um, but it's, it's just a, it was a weird move for the Padres, especially when you have Carlos Correa still out there. I would have preferred Correa than over Bogarts, but Bogarts will hit, you know, at least you have that. So even when you get to the points of the contract, he'll still be able to hit, which again, I talk about with Devin in a little bit. Um, so let me talk quickly about something that I don't really talk about with Devin, and that is this weekend's huge, huge game between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. The last time the Jets played the Bills, I was in New York. Um, I was getting on a plane that day, so unfortunately I couldn't go to the game. I would have loved to have gone to that game and not the game I went to the week before. Um, but the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills, who are one of the top seeds in the AFC right now. So walking into this game the jets are almost 10 point underdogs on the road with mike white who is a better quarterback than what they had the last time they played the bills so the thing on the bills side at this point is you think josh allen's a little healthier than the last time he played them last time he played him he was obviously his elbow was obviously messed up or it got messed up in the game so he struggled a little bit so do I have a ton of confidence in the Jets this weekend? Like, I have more confidence in the Jets than I've ever had, but I'm also at that point where I'm like, okay, uh, you know, they are playing one of the top seeds in the AFC, so who knows? So if I had to make a pick, though, I'd probably go with the Bills, unfortunately, because it just seems like most teams split games in the division. The Bills are at home. They're going to have the home field advantage. Uh, Buffalo's a hard place to go and play. Uh, but Mike White has been, he's more than competent, you know, other than the two interceptions he threw last week, but that's a box score argument because if you were watching the game and you saw those two interceptions, they were, neither one of them are his fault. They were things that happened where the ball bounced up and in the defender's hands. And then the last one was him just trying to win the game at the end. He had like a few seconds left. So he was trying to throw it up and got picked. So that was an unfortunate game last week. I think the Jets were the better team than the Vikings. Um, the Bills are obviously better than the Vikings. Um, we'll see. Because right now the Jets are staring. If the playoffs started today, they'd be staring right at the Kansas City Chiefs in round one, which is a terrifying preposition, staring at Patrick Mahomes in the first round of the playoffs. A lot of Jets fans are on Twitter this week being very confident about how they think they could beat Patrick Mahomes. But I love the Jets defense, but I don't think there is a defense that can stop Patrick Mahomes. You try to contain him as best you can, but he is going to score points on you. Um, and the the conservative way the Jets played last week, if they're going to play that way, there's no way they're going to beat the, the, the Chiefs in the playoffs. But we got to get there first. We got to win this game. Then we have games against Seattle. Uh, we have games against uh, Detroit, Jacksonville, games they should win. Uh, they should finish with 10 wins based off the schedule right now. If they don't win this weekend, they should finish with 10 wins. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be an exciting game. I'll be watching it. Uh, it'll be stressed out as always, as I am when I watch this team play, which is great. I, I much rather prefer that than just sheer 
just non-interest, which is what it's been the last couple of years for this team. Um, but I got a great guest on today. My friend, Devin Sparks, he, uh, him and I used to do a podcast together about fantasy football. We also did another podcast where we talked about just random nonsense. Uh, this is kind of all over the place, not in a good way with the, the content that we talk about. We talk about the Padres, we talk about football. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, what it's like being a young father, things like that. So uh, he's coming up right now. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. And here comes Devin. This is a big get for me. Uh, a man who is not even on the screen right now. No one can see that, so it doesn't really matter. But in any event, I was able to convince Devin Sparks at a podcast retirement to come on and be my, my one of my guests this week. So, uh, Devin, if you want like a fun nickname or something, we can come up with that right now for when you come on. When I come on, um, I think I think nicknames are earned. So I don't know if I'm allowed to give myself the nickname. Okay. Well, what what do people call you around the house? Prentist, I think is a good one. Prentist? Prentist. Prentist? Oh, I was yeah. I was opening you well, up for a, a marriage joke there, but you didn't take a it. A marriage joke. Yeah. No, I, I, I know you were. Um, I mean, the easy ones are, God damn it, Devin. Oh, that's, that should be me. God damn it, Devin. God damn it, Devin is on the podcast. So welcome yeah, aboard. Please. Mm. uh what do you what do you what are you drinking there i'm drinking a tea this is from uh, this place around the corner called hto the t stands for texas ah. uh and and t um yeah, it's a it's a good mix of of uh peach cobbler tea and um texas chai oh yeah and you you need that because you told me before we started that you're hung over. Oh, I am. I am feeling it today, buddy. This is a bad one. This is what 35 feels like. It's not pretty. It's not fucking good. So, the only thing I could think of is what you were doing, getting so drunk, is you're willingly watching the Los Angeles Rams play football last night. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I wish it was for that. Actually, I wasn't drunk when I was watching uh, the Rams. I... um so let's let's take this story back to the beginning back to its roots rewind the clock back a year for me not a year just about a week my whole family came out for thanksgiving my grandparents aunt mom uh and the deal was my mom was going to stay with us for an extra week because we weren't going to visit with them for for christmas so um she stays one extra week we're getting ready to send her back on the plane and she wakes up with chills and body aches and uh covid positive so she's been downstairs in her guest room for since monday <laughs> by by herself like, a, like i'm feeding her food like a prisoner just opening the door and kicking it in and like eat it eat it <laughs> so um anyway we've been you know staying home as well and my buddy found this band on spotify he's like hey you want to check them out they sound 
pretty good. Um, it's $10 for the show. And I was dying to get out of the house. So I said, yes. Show was supposed to start at eight, which for two dads is great because you're like, oh, cool. The show starts at eight. It's a dive bar. It's one band. We'll be home by, you know, 1030. Um, but I guess, I guess indie or, or small, you know, music shows at dive bars are very similar to a wrestling show. And uh, so we get there at eight and there's no one there. Absolutely no one. The bands aren't set up. There's no gear. And um, it turns out they start at nine. And we go, well, yeah, okay, starts at nine. He goes, well, wait, 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 which band are you here to see? And we tell him, and he's like, oh, okay, well, they're on last. So we went out, we went out, went out for a while because there's no one in that bar. It was a dive. Uh, came back at 9.30, and the show still hadn't started. <laughs> so we had nothing to do. We had nothing to do but wander, wander around and drink. We went on uh, those bird scooters flying downtown austin i've never been on one of those things in my life i had no idea they had so much like width behind it i was terrified i don't ever want to do it again um so a lot of it was just drinking out of boredom waiting for this uh this band to play at this actually i was gonna say this shitty hole in the wall bar but the name of the bar is hole in the wall um that was not a pun that i intended as i was saying it but yeah so um just stayed out too late didn't get home till you know 1 30 in the morning and then was up early for work so it was fantastic the biggest takeaway i have from that story is you said two dads and going to something at eight o'clock at night is good i i think whenever that day comes when i'm a father if anyone wants to go to anything that starts at eight o'clock i'm just gonna be like i'm, I'm good because best case scenario like you know said you run into these things where it's oh now i'm up at one in the morning and I, gotta, did, and then what, I gotta have all this energy the next day oh yeah and I, i'm so stupid i had an important meeting with a customer so early with this with this uh man they're so like necessary to the business moving forward so it's like we need this customer to have like great experiences and so i'm just sitting here putting on my bullshit face at eight in the morning after dealing with this shit like completely dehydrated i ate so much so much fast food at one in the morning but that's what you're supposed raising, to do that's what you're raising supposed to do. oh raising, well, that's right. exactly what you're supposed to do it's just fried chicken and texas toast. you're not supposed to eat raising canes according to a couple other people that mm -hmm. you used to hang out with but exactly yeah so it was brutal i, I just the whole day has been i've taken two showers i did aspirin to start off with i did some ibuprofen i've watered up i'm on some tea uh it's it's bad i've been just sitting here drooling and burping all day like rick from rick and morty <laughs> like mid talk <laughs> like nothing you can do about it i'm sorry buddy i can't do this to you anymore so i think uh i'm gonna be on a water kick for like the next three weeks and just see if that helps well, a lot of scientists say that water is good for you, that you should drink as much say. water as possible. So that's yeah. Speaking of water, if I was if I was still in San Diego, I'd be going to see uh, um, the new Avatar with you. Was it World of Water or something like that? Way of Water. Way of Water. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I've never seen the first one, but my girlfriend mm -hmm. is very, very, very interested in this movie, so I'm gonna have to sit through it. 
Yeah. No, nothing, nothing is more menacing sounding to me than going to a movie I've have like zero interest <laughs> in and then hearing, Oh, guess what? It's also three hours long. Yeah. And James yes. Cameron is on this kick about how you're an idiot. If you don't think the character from the movie is an iconic character. And I'm like, I think even after I watch it, I'm not going to know these fucking people's names. Dude, I, I've, I've watched the original one so many times, and I have no idea the names of the characters. I really don't. I mean, they're just irreplaceable. I mean, they're replaceable blue people. They all look the same in it. They're all these weird alien things. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a ton of traits that distinguish. Like, one doesn't have a giant red mohawk or something, so you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is good. Um, but originally yeah the original one for what it did for to you know for cinema and like how the the leap in quality of cgi from whatever was going on before avatar to what avatar did is was just fucking incredible um and by the way the only reason i was watching it so many times is because it was the first thing i got on my 3d tv back in the yes, <laughs> 10 I remember, years ago i remember years. the 3d tv that you tried to tell me that was the way of the future uh, I loved it. It's still, I'm so mad they don't do that anymore because I, I, I still love 3D TVs. It's a good way to spend your time. But yeah, I think the the new movie is only in 3D. So is it is. I'm almost positive. No, because I've looked. I've looked at like the theaters where you can go see it, and you can see it in standard and IMAX and all that stuff. Um, listen, the only time I'm putting on 3D glasses is if I'm going on some ride at Disneyland or Universal Studios, and even then I'm like, uh. Well, did you do the did you do the avatar ride at um in orlando what park is that flight of the passage i think it is um the animal kingdom oh i did and when i went to disneyland i only disney world i only went to the park with the star wars stuff okay yeah the rides i mean this ride is incredible uh it's really bananas the the avatar ride they have so but it's you have to, that way check it but you have to have seen the movie to get it uh, I mean, not really, like they, they uh, yeah, I guess it'd be confusing because they're like, oh, you're a blue person, you're plugging into this animal now. You're like, what? <laughs> because I, I, uh, at the Harry Potter ride at Universal Studios, the only thing I do on that ride is when I see the, the, um, what the hell is the name from the office, the Dementors, I just <laughs> scream at the top of my lungs, they're the scariest thing about prison. I did that for the entire ride. And luckily you're not like directly next to somebody, but yeah, I, I don't know anything about Harry Potter either. So I just screamed the Dementors. The scariest thing about prison is the Dementors. Right. There they are. And that's yeah. all I did. And that's, I, a, I that's, a good, that's a good ride too. That Harry Potter one's a pretty solid it, ride. It is a fun ride. I, I like rides that like I are fun and I'm like, I don't even really know anything about this, but that was a fun ride. Yeah. I mean, back in the day uh, with, you know, um, living in California, I was born in Anaheim. So I spent all my time at Disneyland and Universal and Knott's Berry Farm and all when these, they were you know, they had, when they were affordable. Yeah. But it was always so strange because you'd go to these or Six Flags too, right? But you'd go to Six Flags, Knott's Berry Farm and like they weren't themed. I, or they were themed. The rides were themed, but that was it. It was like, oh, this is a cowboy ride. You go, look, see, you know, it's a cowboy ride because there's cowboy hats. Yeah. And you go, that's that's interesting. And then you go to Disneyland, they go, oh, this is a cowboy ride because there's cowboys and guns and it's themed this way and you can smell gun smoke in the air. And like, there's all, like, you know, it's it's totally immersive. Um, 
and I in Disney I felt like was really the only company that did a good job with that until Universal picked up with the Harry Potter theming and now everyone's really going out of their way to make every ride an immersive experience. So um yeah, they're solid. I like the Transformers ride's awesome too. Yeah. Well even next even next year they're opening up the the Super Mario World at the Universal Studios Hollywood and I saw a little bit of it when I was there in September. And oh, obviously nothing's open yet, but you like you see the castle and stuff, and there's gonna be like a Mario Kart ride where you basically are just doing the Mario Kart game, but it's like live action type thing. I don't really know everything about it, but it seems like it'll be cool because right now Universal Studios Hollywood is basically like after you ride the seven main rides, there's really nothing to do other than to like walk around the Simpsons land. Which isn't yeah. even as big as the one in the one in Florida. The Simpsons area is so much bigger, and there's so much more to do. But I don't know what it is about the Hollywood one, but I guess because well, the Hollywood it, tour takes like an hour and a half, so it's like that takes up a lot of the time when you're there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the one in Florida developed versus the one in California. Um, but I've always felt like the one in Hollywood, the one in LA, is is nowhere near as good. I mean, there's just not a lot going on. Like the theming itself, they go, oh, here's a Minions thing. And you go, okay, cool. And then that's it. There's nothing else about it, right? I mean, um, yeah, there's really no lands, which is probably the problem. There's no reason to make it immersive. It's such a pain in the ass to get to, too. Oh, yeah. Like you're going from Disneyland, which is like an easy drive from San Diego. It's like hour and a half. Like you hit very little traffic. And then it's like, well, Universal is like three hours away, but an hour and a half of that is traffic. So yeah, exactly. And I mean, and that was the other thing is if you're going to Six Flags, it's three hours away too. And you're like, yeah. am I really gonna do am I really gonna go fucking three hours to Six Flags? Am I doing this right now? Yeah. And that's and the that's the that's the dilemma <laughs> of some of these theme parks in California. It's like, oh yeah, it's most of the day is just driving. And I don't have yeah. kids yet. I don't have kids yet, so I don't know about like I'm sure driving three hours with a kid who's constantly like, I just want to get out of the car. He's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, we're gonna get there soon. Whereas you're an adult, it's like ah, I could just sit here and listen to a podcast or listen to music, and yeah. But then the kids like, no, I want to listen to whatever music kids listen to. Do they listen yeah, to hip hop, rap? I has think your, so. Has your daughter listened to the new Nas album yet? No, no, she's more into his old stuff. Hmm. She's not into the newer. Uh, she's not hip to what the kids are into nowadays. Hmm. She's the way of the she's... water. <laughs> the other day. And you can't play that stuff because they'll repeat it, right? So the other day, uh, my my when we found out my mom was positive before we locked her in a dungeon um, away from the rest of the house, she goes, um, she goes, ah, damn it, our nose is all fucked up and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't hear, I legitimately didn't hear what she said. And I asked my daughter and I go, sweet, what, what was that? She goes, oh, I can't tell you. She said a bad word. And I'm like, that's okay. You can just tell me because I, I need to know what she said. So if I need to get her medicine or something. And she said, she said her nose is all fucked up. And I was like, oh my God. I didn't know that's the word she used. And she coming out of her mouth. I was like, okay, don't ever say that again. I know I told you to tell me. Thank you for telling me. And don't, don't say that again. That's terrifying coming out of a five-year-old's mouth. <laughs> It is, especially when when you know you have the the foul mouth and you're just like, oh, I don't oh. want that. To, I don't want her to pick that up. 
yeah i have a terrible i I don't know like i've been i've actually considered like going to a therapist or something to just rearrange your thought patterns or you know like replacing the word with something else and just looking for some kind of tool to not rely on curse words so much but they're so good they're so much fun just take whatever you do when you're around your daughter and apply it to other people because i i i have friends where i'm like yeah, that's the problem. I don't bothered. do anything different around my daughter. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> there's, there's no change. Yeah. So it's like I, I, I get to... super cognizant because you know we have friends that are uh, mutual friends who are a little more. They don't like. They don't love the language. So whenever I'm yeah. around them, I try to be more cognizant of what I'm saying. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just not gonna say that word here. Where I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll do my. So I'm necessarily thinking you need a therapist, but. Well, you know, some someone to. It's, I don't know. I need to like rewire the way I think about it. And I just know, you know, I've never really done therapy or anything, but they have these tools to, I don't know, rethink this, reframe this. You got to change your perception on things. And I'm sure there's like an online. You've I'll, never I'll done it. therapy? I have, but not like oh. a long-term thing. It wasn't. It Maybe was, you need yeah. to see a sports therapist. There we go. I will. So. Because you have the believe Ted Lasso sign. Oh, I have the, I have the believe Ted Lasso sign behind me. Yeah, great Love show. It. It's a great show, and it's it, isn't that blue the same color? Blue? Wasn't that on a blue wall in there too? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I leave my room, I tap it. Do you really? That's awesome. No, I don't. Oh, I sometimes I forget bad. it's there. To be honest, I forgot it was there until I turn on the camera for this, and I was like, oh yeah, that's back there. Yeah uh so anyway a big week for your baseball team yes my Uh, baseball team the san diego padres who you have a very much a love-hate relationship with over the last couple years um i feel like sometimes it's more hate unless that's just unless i i'm just the one hearing the venting because you know that no one else really cares and your house yeah that's one of the that's one of the things is you just hear the venting i mean you don't talk about it when someone's killing it right like you, you're not talking about you should you should it should be something you, you talk sh- about more but it's more not you feeling, and just right? in, in general i think most people should share their like they should get more excited because everyone you know is always so annoyed with their sports teams and it's like well they just did this and it's like yeah i know i'm happy about it and then you just kind of move on but when you're angry yeah. you spend like days at a time being annoyed by stuff you know yeah well if if you look at um you know you look at uh the yankees right i don't hear anything positive about you from the yankees other than every now and again i'll hear oh my god i love anthony Rizzo," <laughs> or like yeah. you know like judges on a tear you know four yeah. home runs and in, in two games or something like that and then yeah and then it's it's good to talk about but yeah no my i have a love-hate relationship with the padres supporting them for 30 years with very little success along the way it's you know it's obviously great to see aj preller you know getting the getting the ownership group to commit to spending money and like trying to compete i know that's the only way you can do it nowadays i think in baseball um what's shifted with the padres where all of a sudden over the last couple of years they're willing to spend more money because it's been like it a was, really big thing like yeah it was it was the ownership change he said that they wanted to. He said that they were going to spend up. They they said we are going to spend the money, um, but they had to figure out the core of the organization, which I don't think they did until 
last year, really. I mean, they they were trading pieces so often, so frequently trying to figure it out. Like, Will Myers obviously was not part of the core. Like, he was central to the team because he was owed so much money. (laughs) But he wasn't a core part of the winning, right? Same thing with Eric Hosmer. So they got these guys that they thought were part of the solution that were just a bigger part of the problem. And they had to keep figuring out a way. So now that they finally have found a way to offload them, um, I think they, you know, the core now moving forward, Manny, Tatis, Soto, and then it looks like Bogart. So that's. Yeah, you got, you still have Cronenworth there. Uh, I'm, I think yeah. another. I think they're going to sign another outfielder. Um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. But the hate, the hate comes from just complete underperforming. Them doing dumb things all the time. Paying, you know, paying gobs of money for guys. Or, or you know, you think about a trade that was made, and you see the performance on the field, like a Clevenger who always seemed to just, just get teed off on all the time. I mean, single handedly losing games. Um, and you go, oh, that's right. We traded three top prospects for them. And then you see how those prospects are performing now for those teams. And you go, oh, what a what a mistake that was. Right. Um, so that's the problem, right? And then and then the, the organization doing what they did to acquire Soto. And then the next day, tech, the Tatis news hitting that, oh, I'm suspended for PEDs. Yeah. Everyone walks away with egg on their face. Preller's got egg on his face. The organization, the fans. Uh, it's just a mess. And then, you know, when they when they bring these guys in, this is part of the hate is like you spend all that money, you get rid of all those prospects, you bring in Soto, one of the, you know, best players in baseball, um, and then he doesn't perform at all. Right. <laughs> for, for the team. Yeah. And it's like, of course, of course. You know, Josh Bell was the same thing, right? He was having, a, I think, a quietly great season up until when he got traded to the Padres and then was just awful the rest of the way. So now he's on um, Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so what are you supposed to do? How how are you supposed to be react to that? Um, You get Soto great. You're on a high for about three days until he stops hitting. And then Tatis isn't coming back. And it's like, well, I'm excited for next year. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. Certainly, didn't imagine the team would get to the uh, the NL championship. That was that was nice, but yeah. um, they were doing it in a way that was unsustainable. Right, expected runs based on their performance was way lower than what they were actually um, putting together. So it's you, <clears throat> they have these kind of telltale stats where you can say, yeah, they, they won. That's great, but it was a fluke. Yeah, but I think I think even like with the the Phillies, their run to the World Series, I think that was very much like smoke and mirrors too. Or I'm just, I think both teams were kind of like playing on that high of like, oh well, I didn't think either one of these teams would make the World Series, but here they go. You know, everyone was yes. thinking the Mets were going to get there, and the Mets ended up. You know, the Mets are another team. They spend, they spend, they spend, and it's just like, oh well, yeah, but your team construction still isn't like conducive mm-hmm. to winning. Whereas, you know, the, the Phillies and the Padres, they have that like one guy that can carry them where the exactly. Mets like, don't like you just it, it's kind of like hockey. Like I don't watch hockey, but I know hockey. The gist of the playoffs is if you get a hot goalie in the playoffs, like it doesn't matter if you're yeah. the eighth seed, the one seed or the sixth seed, like you can win the Stanley Cup very easily if your goalie gets hot. 
And I think that's kind of the yeah. same way with baseball. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, I think for me, one of the most disappointing factors this season is like you talk about carrying carrying the team, right? Manny carried this team the whole fucking season without Tatis and then when Soto was underperforming and Bell was underperforming. Uh, I mean, Grisham came through in the playoffs with like several clutch hits. But Manny was the heart and soul of the Padres last year. And for him to not get the MVP was beyond me. Like, yeah. I have no idea how he didn't walk away with the MVP. Because you had two guys in St. Louis that were both massive, massive studs last year protecting each other in the lineup. And Manny had no one. And for the most part, outperformed them, I think, statistically. So I don't know how these votes take place, but I thought that was a, that was a bad one. I, I, I thought at the very least, you know, little icing on the cake there if you had Manny with an MVP you'd feel better about things but yeah and I, th- I think it's just one of those things it's the, it's the people that vote the people that vote are these old outdated kind of writers and that's why it's like even with the AL MVP I'm like I mean Judge hit 62 home runs but there's still people like well he doesn't pitch so he shouldn't win the MVP and I'm like okay well the Angels won like what 60 games or something like that right like, I don't. I, I. I'm one of those people that like. I think a guy on a losing team shouldn't win the MVP because there should be two separate awards in baseball. There should be most outstanding player and MVP. Yeah. Because yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like you give the guy the most valuable player award who was on a team that won 70 games. It's like, okay, but how? Like, if you take him off that team, they're still gonna lose 70 games. Like, take Otani off the Angels last year, they're still gonna probably lose the same amount of games maybe like a couple more if he's not there yeah but without judge last year the yankees are not a playoff team yeah exactly and that's that's to me that again like you said most outstanding most valuable um uh, yeah they're two different things judge carried that team manny carried his team um so that that was a bummer but with the bogarts thing yeah. Are you are you are you happy with that contract or are you kind of like, eh, it's gonna suck in like six years, but right now I'll just enjoy it for what it is. Dude, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know that Xander Bogarts has the the shelf life to to do well for half of that contract. He'll hit. Um, He'll hit for the whole contract because he's a good contact hitter type guy. Like he does strike out, but everyone in baseball yeah. strikes out. But he's 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 a good hitter. And I've had yep. to sit in there and watch him for the last however many years he's been on the Red Sox. <laughs> but for me, yeah. he, for me, I think it's more of the, well, if we lose Manny, we can probably slide him over to third or second base and, yeah. or, you know, something like that. I don't think Manny's going anywhere. I think the Padres will pay Manny, but it's also like, well, they're going to, are they going to pay Manny and Soto? Because you paid a lot to get Soto. Like, so this yeah. point you have to make sure Soto doesn't leave. Like that's one of those things yeah. you have to do, but you also have to keep Manny. So it's like, all right, well, we're going to spend a lot of money on like four players <laughs> over the next 10 years. Like, is that something ownership wants to do if you're not Cause it's like one of those things, like they're willing to do it until you get to that point where it's like, well, the Padres haven't made it past the NLCS yet. And it's been six yeah. years of this. So it's like, how much longer are we going to do this? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good question. How long are they willing to put up with not getting a trophy? Right. Like if they're paying the money, how long will that last? Um, they're willing to do it for a while, I think, at least the next three, four years. I think while they have 
Tatis in its prime, I think they'll be spending the money. Uh, Soto too, I guess, if they can, if they can get him back. Um, but as far as, am I happy with Bogarts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with Bogarts, but it's, it just sucks because it always feels like a consolation price. Yeah. I mean, the amount of money that they offered, the contract they offered judge, the contract they offered Trey Turner, turned down, turned down. And this is a theme. It's not, it's not just this year. This has happened the last couple of years where you'll find out, Oh, the Padres offered more money in a better contract. And then the just preference of the player was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to play for the Padres. I'd rather, I, I want to stay home or I want to stay in my current market. And it's just, it's such a fucking bummer because it's like, what do we have to do? Like we're, I mean, clearly Preller's trying his ass off to win, to get a, to get a title, bring a title to San Diego. Right. And the players just don't want to do it. And so I think I mentioned to you before, I, I don't know if there's some like dysfunction behind closed doors. Like we saw two years ago, Manny and, and Tetis going at it in the, in the uh, dugout. Um, you know, when, when Tatis had his PED suspension this year, it was another, like it was all in the news, right? It was all over the place. All the players aren't talking to him and all this shit. You know, players are disappointed. The team's disappointed. I mean, Preller drive. Preller held a, uh, a press conference where he said, <laughs> we don't know, we, like, we can't be paying him this kind of money if he's doing these things. Basically, like, we'll trade you. Yeah. Um, and so if you've got your core centerpiece for the organization getting in fights with Manny Machado uh, and pissing off the whole org where he's, you know, the GM's calling him out in public, the team, he's having to apologize to the team and all this shit. Yeah, maybe – Maybe guys are looking at that and saying, like, I don't know. They don't have their shit together. I don't want to play for that. I think it's just more or less they're that team that, like, in, like, the Madden franchise where you're just offering contracts to everybody. You're like, oh, let me see if I can sign this guy. Let me see if this guy wants to come here. Yeah. And then yeah. the agents use that as leverage, getting that out to the media, where it's like, oh, the Padres are pursuing this guy and this guy. I, they never had a chance at judge. Like, when you're reading all this stuff now, like, Judge wanted to go back to the Yankees and he was using all these other teams and all this yeah. stuff as leverage. It's basically like, yeah, he would have went to the Giants if the Yankees hadn't gone to nine years, but who knows? Like, who know if the Yankees are just like, no, we just we're not gonna pay you. Like, maybe he does end up with, with the Giants, but I just I just don't think it was likely. The Turner thing was surprising. I didn't really know Turner had this East Coast preference. Yeah, um, I don't either. I don't love I don't love the Phillies future because their GM notoriously is a guy that just kind of rips apart the farm system and then once it gets to a point where it's like okay well we need players it's like well, we have nobody down there we have this guy he's been sitting in the minors for f- ten years like to bring him up it's like oh okay yeah as I was gonna say I just also saw my wife's headphones attached to this uh, to my iPad here. So she might be joining in on our call here briefly. <laughs> Why, someone calls her? No, like it's, it just said that her headphones connected. So she oh. might be, yeah, okay. I don't know how that works because mine are connected, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So I talked about this a little bit on my Monday pod, but I wanted to have you on and talk about this because I feel like this is something that we both have kind of been thinking and really wanted to talk about more. But uh, we're both football fans. We both are in like, three fantasy football leagues together dynasty leagues which for anyone who doesn't know about dynasty fo- league football is it's basically you draft a team and that's your team forever now obviously you can trade which both of us do we're the gms in 
football and basketball. They're just like, oh, we don't care about picks. Let's just get some players. Unless <laughs> yeah, we're losing. Fuck them picks. And we're like, yeah, fuck them picks. <laughs> but we're seeing what's happening in the Rams now. And you're like, well, maybe we should think more about picks. But um, <laughs> it's it's a weird. it's been a weird season because as much as I'm enjoying it because my team is finally winning and seems to have a really good future, I'm not yeah. like – I'm not like dumb to the notion that football has been completely unwatchable for the most part this year. There's been, there was like five straight weeks where like the primetime games were just the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson who are so bad. And like, I don't know what's happening there. Like the coaching seems to like be getting worse other than, you know, uh, Mike McDaniel in Miami seems to be a guy that, is kind of really good with the modern game and kind of understands what you need to win. But you got this guy in Denver who's terrible. You you watch Arizona and you can't figure out if it's the coach or the quarterback. Like, I don't know. Like I talked about a little in my pod on Monday, but I, I'm, I'm wondering if this whole uh, thing where it's like, great. Yeah. We don't, they don't play in the preseason. They're super healthy going into the season, but then in week four, they tear their ACL. Like, What's the right. difference? Like, it, it, I, I think a lot of what success was in the day was like you spent all this time practicing in the preseason and training camps, and you just you were ready for the regular season. I feel like a lot of teams aren't ready to like play until midseason now, and by that time, some teams have injuries mounted up, and it's just they really struggle. Like, what is your thought on what's going on with football? Yeah, well, and for anyone. For everyone listening, I, I mean, no one knows this about me, but I've talked about this with Adam a ton. Was like, I'm a player guy. Like, I am all about the player, player rights, and anything that's beneficial to the player. And the re- recent thing that's come up where they're pissed off and they're getting going to the NLPA about the turf fields, I think, is a big one, right? These turf fields, people are tearing their ACLs left and right, rolling ankles. I mean, a high ankle sprain, you're out for six, seven weeks in the NFL. I mean, that's a ton of production. So if you've got you know, 25% of the league on turf, that's a lot of injuries adding up. That's, that's taking quality players out, which is reducing the quality of the game and and lowering the overall points. I think a lot of it has to do with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady sucking this year or statistically sucking because last year, the two of them together almost accounted for a hundred touchdowns, right? I mean, not quite, but uh, whatever, 80 touchdowns, something like that. And this year they're going to account for, half that maybe right. if you're lucky um you know a uh, lot of a lot of players that are expected to carry the load that just haven't performed uh, you know matt ryan he's surrounded by talent and is apparently awful um you know you had a backup quarterback in Brissett, essentially um leading the browns for the majority of the season mariota's a backup quarterback um zach wilson <laughs> You see it now. He's a backup quarterback. Um, if he's even that, you know, yeah, Baker, Baker Mayfield. I mean, I I don't know if that was. And, and God, I used to vouch for Baker all the time, and I, I think he just might be shit. No, <laughs> but like, your, no. Listen, after last night, you got to keep that Baker stock because there's a whole I, bunch of people that are now like, maybe McVeigh can fix Baker because I don't know, man. Stafford said so much stuff with his neck, and he needs like surgery on his like spine or something. And I'm just like. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think that guy's going to play football again, but. No, I think he's, I think there's a lot of people that are 
under the belief that he will be retiring. Um, so if they get Baker and they can fix him, yeah, amazing. But in in Carolina, played like shit, right? Yeah. You've got all these guys, these teams that are tanking because the quarterback class was awful this last year. So, again, we look at quarterback play just not doing anything. Atlanta starting Mariota, who's a backup quarterback. Brissett, who's a backup quarterback. Baker Mayfield, who this year essentially played like a backup quarterback. We're finding out now Zach Wilson is, is you know, really, truly kind of a backup quarterback. Geno Smith, the one backup quarterback everyone laughed at, is tearing the league apart. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it is quarterback play. I think a lot of it is the quality of the draft class, the last um, four quarterbacks the last couple of years. Um, and then I, I think that – I think turf – yeah, I think they're on to something there. I think that they, they should demand that all the turf be replaced with actual grass. And I think you'll see, you know, maybe some careers last a little bit longer. Um, and injuries, guys going down hard. I mean, it's it's hard, man. You go down, you hit your knee, even if you don't tear anything, but you just jam your knee into that turf. You're probably going to be playing like shit for a couple of drives. Right. Um, so I think a lot of those factor into it. Even a high ankle sprain, like you said earlier, you're out for six weeks, and when you come back, you're really not the same. Like it's basically a season-ending injury. Like you're never really the same after a high ankle sprain that year, because especially if you're running back, you have to plant on that ankle and do all this other stuff. And I don't know, it's just it's been so unwatchable. And you know, fantasy football has been not. Oh, it's it's not. It's not fun to play fantasy football when every one of these players that are like top players, you're like, oh yeah. And then the next week they're like, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to play well this week. So hope you, and then the players, yeah. then players get mad. They're like, I don't give a shit about your fantasy team. I'm like, uh, you, I, I'm one of those people that's like, listen, fantasy football has made the sport of football more exciting for a lot of people. So the, the, the players that trash fantasy, I'm like, yeah, I hate those guys that are like, you ruined my fucking day because of this and that. But <laughs> You also are making more money because of fantasy football. And right. At this you're point. getting, so like, yeah, you're getting a ton of sponsorship deals. You're getting, yeah, you're getting paid more money. You're getting sponsorship deals. The networks are, you know, yeah. football's more watched now than it ever has. But I just, I wanted to do this real quick, a, a little exercise. I, I pulled up the standings and I want to see which teams have what I deem to be a, a backup quarterback as their starter. Okay. So the Bills, obvi- obviously Josh Allen, he's the best quarterback in football or between him and Pat Mahomes, right? <laughs> Tua seems to be doing amazing for the Dolphins. The Jets situation up until this point of the season, right? They had backup quarterbacks, yeah. Flacco. Zach Wilson. Are uh, you a we'll Mike see. White believer as like a long-term? I season. am. I am. I heard a great comp. I heard a great comp that it's similar to when Washington drafted RG3 and Kirk Cousins and they had that injury to RG3 and they went, you know what? Like Kirk is actually really good in practice. Let's just leave him in and see what happens. You know, he got a couple wins. They left him in and he was the guy. So it might be that kind of situation in New York. Um, the Patriots. Mac Jones is – what a bottom tier quarterback in the league. I, yeah. I think, again, I think that draft class was a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, if you're Lamar in a quarterback Jackson's... competition with Bailey Zappi at any point during the season, you're probably not <laughs> a legitimate quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's great, right? Rough season um, as far as like fantasy goes and whatnot. But uh, anyone who can scramble like that and throw darts. On if the he hit the, is, if is... he hit the open market right now, he'd make $50 million a year. Easy. Exactly. Joe Burrow, phenomenal. Uh, Brissett, right? Backup quarterback all year long. Uh, we had Mitch Trubisky, who was a backup quarterback, and uh, and Kenny Pickett, right? Who 
is playing like a backup quarterback. Are you talking about starters um, right now, or are you talking about who started this year? I, I'm just talking about the whole season in general. And, like, I'm saying Kenny Pickett is playing at, like, a backup level. He's not playing he's, – he's playing like a rookie quarterback, right? Because you say Cleveland, but Cleveland has Deshaun Watson or whatever you want to say about Deshaun Watson. One game, a, right? They have one game of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I, just, I, I didn't know. I didn't I think, know what you were doing. I didn't know if this was like uh, you're going over the oh, yeah, quarterbacks yeah. on the team and see like, do they need to replace a quarterback, or you're just going yes. over who's playing? Yeah. This year. So maybe we call it replacement level instead of yeah. backup. But I, I think Ryan Tannehill replacement level. Matt Ryan was replaced already this season. Trevor Lawrence is finally figuring it out. Uh, Davis Mills for the Texans replacement level quarterback. Yeah. I think he did just get replaced. He's not. Week, he, yeah, he? he's not. He's not even the starter anymore. Okay, it's Kyle Allen. Um, but they're going to yeah, draft Chiefs. the quarterback because they're going to have the top pick. So. Exactly. Um, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, you have all those quarterbacks there, but then you have Russell Wilson who's playing like shit. Yeah. Um, but they're stuck with him because if they cut him in this offseason, that would be a $100 million uh, cap pe- cap penalty. And then it, it doesn't get reasonable until like four years from now. And when I say reasonable, I mean that's $30 million cap hit. Jesus. So they, are, they are stuck with Russell Wilson. He is their quarterback for they the will... five years. Yeah, they will for sure release him the second they can. Um, yeah. He he's unwatchable. Um, NFC East is you got Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Washington. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts and Dak are crushing it. Um, Daniel Jones, pretty much replacement level. Um, Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz, both replacement level. They've been replacing each other. <laughs> um, Vikings with with Kirk Cousins. He's good enough. Lions, Goff, like, I don't know what to make of him. He has these games where he looks terrible, and he looks he has these games where he's, you know, he's hitting five touchdowns in a game. The talent around him is insane. So I I don't know what you do there. I mean, they have an early pick. Are you are you staying with him as quarterback no. and trying to get – They're taking no. a quarterback. They might keep him as, like, as like the bridge guy, which I think more teams should do. I don't think these rookies should be playing right away because we see what's happened the last couple of years with some of these guys. They're just not succeeding right away. So keep golf in there. And then once you feel like it's time to make the change, you make the change. Yeah. Um, Packers, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, he's been having a down year. Fields for the Bears, he's been doing great recently. But is he, a, is he the guy? Is Justin Fields the guy? Fields? Yeah, he's the guy. He, yeah, he, can run, but he can run, but he hasn't shown no. that he can really pass yet. He's insane. If he was on the Giants – which is what they thought they got in Trey Lance, right? That's what they were essentially the thinking Niners, that they were – or not the Giants, sorry, the, the Niners, yeah, yeah. You're thinking of San um, Francisco, I get Niners, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so if he was on the Niners, that team would be un, unbeaten. I think they would be undefeated this year. Um, NFC South, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers, Saints. Saints, Panthers, Falcons all have backup quarterbacks as their starter. Andy Dalton, uh, P.J. Walker, I guess, for the Panthers. Uh, Dar- and then, it's Darnold now. Oh, is it? Okay, okay, okay. Um, Mariota just got replaced with Desmond Ritter, and then you've got Brady, who's had a terrible year. And then you've got Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. Uh, literally, the Rams are playing with a backup quarterback. Uh, the Cardinals are playing with a backup quarterback for a couple games this season. Seahawks with Geno Smith, and then the Niners. Have, I, mean, G- I mean, technically, Jimmy was the backup, but now they're definitely playing with a backup quarterback. So... By yeah, the way, have you really... heard have you heard the story about Brock Purdy? I'm kind of in on this guy. Did you What's know that did you know that he got offered a scholarship to go to Alabama and he turned Nick Saban down? No way, I didn't know that. Where where did he go? I don't remember. It's some like I think it was like Iowa State or something. I don't know, some weird college. You can look it up, but 
Yeah. Now, there's this whole story that I, I saw the other day with him where he was offered a scholarship to go to Alabama and he was basically just like, now I want to go to this college and like play. Cause he didn't, you know, there's no, when you go to Alabama, there's no guarantee you're going to play. Like, yeah. But, yeah. Know, so he played for Iowa state. I think Brock Purdy, I think he'll be, he'll be fine enough for the Niners to win. I think that team is so good that they could literally play almost anyone, a quarterback and they'd be fine. But yeah, like again, we're talking about contracts. The Cardinals are stuck with Kyler Murray, regardless of who their quarterback is. They can't get out of that contract. And you know, same thing. Like, the Seahawks are probably going to draft a quarterback too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Seahawks might not. Well, I think they're going to have, the Se- I think they're going to have a high pick, but still, I think they're yeah. going to have a high pick because um, of the Broncos trade. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I do like seeing the Geno thing. That's great. Yeah. I have no ill will yeah, towards Geno. Um, that's a good story. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a good exercise. You're looking at, yeah, you're looking at all these quarterbacks and I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, anyway, let's wrap this thing up. We've gone for about a little longer than I thought we would, but it was a good chat. Yeah. Um, I'll have you on again uh, for any sort of Marvel DC sports related things. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you to Devin Sparks for coming on the podcast this week and talking to me and uh, giving me, you know, someone to bounce some stuff off of. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll be back Monday with a brand new episode. Uh, Ryan will be on. We'll be talking about the Jets game. Hopefully it's a Jets win. Uh, If not, you know, we'll find some stuff to talk about. We'll still have fun. Um, Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you, uh, if you know anyone else who might be interested, go ahead and tell them to like subscribe and listen. Uh, The pods are dropping on Monday and Friday, unless, of course, there's some big stories. There are some things out there right now with the Yankees that are seem like something might be brewing something big. So if that happens, I will do an emergency pod um, to kind of talk about that. Uh, But we'll see. Thanks for listening. And uh, in the words of Michael K. See ya. Oh, we're in it the pain.